More Stories Podcast. My man, Craig Shoemaker, who I've known the entire length of my time in Los Angeles. How long is that? I mean, I met you in like 90. You've been out here since 1990? Well, if I met you then in Los Angeles, it's safe to say, yeah. I got here in 87. And you were, I met you at Dave Rath's house. Me and uh, Richard Jenny. Oh, wow. And John Mulrooney all moved out at the same exact time. You know what's amazing? John Mulrooney, I would say, safe. I'm confident saying, funnier than both of you guys. <laughs> and the one guy our listeners don't know who it is. Well, like he's, a, he's a savage. On stage. For a while, for a while, though, he was, when we moved out here, he was, I mean, on fire. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I can tell you Bruce Smirnoff, our friend Bruce Smirnoff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When I first moved here, I was kind of hot. Bruce Smirnoff is a comedian who's yeah. a, a dear friend of ours who moved kinda to Florida. Kind of Catskilly. Kind of. <laughs> well, I'm just trying Makes to describe Jackie Mason look like Redford. <laughs> so he would call me up. You'll, you'll love this story. This is a total inside story. But uh, remember Rick Messina? Yeah. Rick Messina booked uh, Rascals at the time, and he moved out here. He stayed on my couch. But in, before that, Bruce would call me all the time, and he was flat out about his distaste for me but he would say let me tell you something for some reason they are going crazy for you you talk about your cock for 20 minutes and they're going nuts and you're gonna have a series and you know why i'm calling you i'm kissing your ass because i'm gonna be the neighbor when you have a series i'm gonna be the annoying neighbor comes "Uh uh-huh that's what i'm gonna do that's why i call you all the time personally i think you stink (laughs) he would call me and tell me this and i would howl laughing (laughs) And, he, and then he would say to me, who's this, who's this, uh, who's this goon you moved out with, Mulrooney? This guy. This goon. This, this, he's, he's, Jethro, he's Jethro Bodine from Brooklyn. He's got a sixth grade education. And they're going nuts. Bud Freeman is coming all over him. <clears throat> so, so cut to, he calls me up. And he just goes into his routines with me when he would call me. He'd go, hey, guess what? I don't, ki- I don't have to kiss your ass anymore. My buddy Mulrooney got the late show. He replaced, <laughs> he, replaced, he replaced Joan Rivers, and now I have my nose so far up his ass, I'm sniffing his colon. Uh-huh. I don't need you anymore. I'm not going to be the neighbor. So he dismisses me, and all of a sudden, he's all over Mulrooney, his new buddy. But so now He's so, so honest about it. Exactly. That it's, we love that. We love that he is coming, he's telling us flat, has he ever done that with you? Is he <clears throat> yeah. Tells you and flat I, out that he thinks you're terrible? At 49 years old, yes. At 49 years old, I'm realizing like, what are my values? Like, what do I stand for? And more than anything, what do I value in someone else? Mm-hmm. And I think with comics, it's honesty. Yeah. yeah. Don't fucking lie to me. Well, let it, me it, know what's on. And that goes for the stage too. Is it truth is the best? I think it's because of the stage. Yeah. Well, that's, that I realize my best connections yeah. is, is when I'm telling the truth and when, and literally when, look, we've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. I say on stage, I've been doing this 32 years. If the show sucks, it's you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know, like if they suck one night, they're lying because this shit is great. Right. I'm sharing it because it's great. And there, and there is that, it's a very ethereal connection that you're actually having with the audience because there's no... There's no filter of lies. There's no filter of dishonesty. There's no filter of uh, 
not being authentic. The more authentic you are, the more they can relate to you and connect with you. That's those are the and best shows. Versa, you the can more do. I can connect exactly with you, yeah. the, the best shows you can so have. Bruce so Smirnoff is always honest. So cut to <laughs> Messina moves out. He wasn't a big manager at the You're time. You're out, and he was. And I'm he, with Mulroney. You're he, out. He stays on my couch, uh, Messina. So so he launches. So Bruce calls me, thinking it's me answering the phone. I was on the road, and Messina's on my couch. He launches into the following monologue. Who Messina? This is he to thinks, Messina, who who booked Rascals. Because he thinks Messina is he, you. He thinks it's me. Okay, this is he goes. He goes. Guess what, babe? They got rid of Mulroney. I don't have to kiss his ass anymore. I'm back to you. They finally figured out he's got no talent. He puts a glass in his mouth, and and he and he has nothing. And guess what? I don't need him anymore. And it, there's silence. And he goes, Craig. He goes, No, it's Rick Messina. He goes, Mm-hmm. I guess I won't be working rascals. <laughs> he goes right to the self-obsession. I was with him in Vegas. It was me, Rich Voss, my roommate at the time, Mike Dinicola, all comedians, and then uh, Smirnoff. And we were, high, not Voss, he's sober at the time, but it was pre-98, so I'm high and drunk as hell. We're all just hammered. And uh, we get in this cab and we go, Continental, we're going to go see Cookie Jar. Oh, and I go, yeah. Continental, please. And the driver goes, Hotel or Airline? And Rich Voss goes, do you see any fucking luggage, pal? <laughs> like, Smirnoff is silent this entire drive. Yeah. Like, someone farts, we're all blaming Voss. Smirnoff just, he, and then we get out, and uh, the big joke is we're not going to pay the taxi driver because we thought he was rude and we're drunk and high. So we all pile, we just bounce, we just run, and we leave Smirnoff <laughs> in the cab, and he has to pay. Right. So we're all inside the Continental, which is now gone, waiting to go see Cookie Driver. We got to wait for Smirnoff to come in. Finally, he walks in like, a half hour later, mm-hmm. he walks in, and we go, what happened? Ah! And he goes, he called me a kike. <laughs> we had words. He's dead. <laughs> I got to go underground. Turns around and walks out of the casino. Oh. He never saw the show. And then at the show with Cookie Jar, Rich Voss goes, can I have 100 bucks? I lost it on craps, but I'm come back. I go, yeah, here, here's 100 bucks. I just got paid from the Paris. So I, was all, I had a lot of dough. It was weird. So he comes back like two minutes later. Cookie Jar's on stage. If you don't know me by now, mm-hmm. you'll never ever. And then Voss comes back two minutes later. He goes, give me another hundred. Now I'm, I know I'm feeding an addiction. Sure. And it's just funny and it's a show. So I give him $500 and I go, just, just go. That's all right. Go play craps. Exact same amount of time goes by. He comes back to me and before he speaks, Cookie Jar You'll never have a... He's got a sickness. Handcuff him to the fucking table. <laughs> Me. By the way, Smirnoff... <laughs> he knew what he was asking for and everything. Smirnoff does not like... You, you and I kind of come from like you know streets and... He doesn't like when you. Uh, he takes a back seat when he sees you doing behaving like that. He gets very uh, uptight. Like well, you know, like back in the day, he goes, I, I, I was with you at the bar and you see girls and you become a Zulu warrior. You take the cock out. I got to go. So he did like me giving boss money. No. Yeah. The whole thing, like be leaving him in the cab. He's not like into pranks and he's not into, I learned that <laughs> he left. We were in acting class one time and, and, and Howard fine. Very uh, he's, he's Okay. Class. This is what we're going to do. We're going to say why we came to class is our first day. We're on a circle. All these actors, very serious actors and Smirnoff, so we're going to say why we came to class, who sent us to class, and what we hope to achieve in class. So the first girl goes, 
She goes, well, I'm here because my, my husband is vice president of Universal and Smirnoff is doing these asides with me. He goes, uh-huh. He knows he has three hours to bang the mistress at the Four Seasons. So he's, he's heckling each one that goes. And then, and then the next one would go, I'm here because my husband is a producer. Uh-huh. She's on the Kidner Self-Express train. And he's whispering this to me. I'm howling laughing. I'm supposed to be serious taking this acting class. So then it comes to him. He goes, hello, everybody. I'm Bruce Smirnoff. I am here because I heard if I have Howard Fine on my resume that I'll become big. big, 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 big. I'm going to become big in the business. And I'll, be, and I'll, I'll Because I was a fat shit kid. I had a picture. It was so big. It fell off the wall. And I am here because I have Howard Fine on my resume. And the way we met was... I met you at Candy Herman, my old acting teacher. I met you at her Halloween party. You were dressed as the Queen of Diamonds. And he goes, I was the king. I don't know what made me think you were a queen. (laughs) He starts trying to get out of it. He goes, I'm not saying the right thing right now, am I? Looks like I'm not going to have you on the resume. This is as he's introducing himself. He's to introducing the class. himself to the whole class, and he goes, "I don't have a producer husband," and he just does. He's heckling people. Oh, that and made then, me think and of he him. was—he okay. wouldn't concentrate. He's—he's he's the worst. So we're one day we're we're watching these actors. It was back in the Mickey Rourke. Day. Everybody went to be How Mickey Rourke. Could you concentrate on that shit? Oh, I know it's horrible. And he's back, there, and he writes a letter. Right, he's writing a letter. He's so bored, and I steal the letter for him for my monologue. It was his letter. And it was a letter about razors. He goes, and, it, and I got up in class. I, got, I, did, I go, dear Schick, I am in the most boring acting class ever, and I thought I'd write you to tell you you have the most amazing razor. It's like taking a washcloth to my face. <laughs> He's turning purple in the back. And, so, and this acting was class, he going to mail the letter? Yeah, he was going to mail the letter. He was bored, and he was—that's what they he was doing. would have sent him thousands of free letters and a pamphlet for mental health. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, but uh, he's. It made me think about bringing him to like an AA meeting because everybody's like, "So, you know, this morning I slapped my daughter, and I felt." Mm-hmm. I took him to one because she reminds herself of you. <laughs> yeah, I took him to one. Really? Oh yeah. He goes. He goes up to my friend, and he goes, "You know what?" I, you know, I have in my pocket. I got pot, babe, and you can't have any because you're one of them. He says this right to this guy. He just meets him. Wow. He is like you were just saying. He's he just, loves his weed. He's just honest. I remember you know? when uh, I was at the improv and I was buying shots for everybody. And I'm like, here. He's like, no thanks. It wasn't him. I don't know who I just did. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, and I get trying to give him a shot, and finally I go, why won't you just take a shot? And he goes, I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> Follow me. We go from the bar, the improv, the old setup, down that uh, middle hallway, through the showroom, into the bathroom. He mm-hmm. looks under each stall door, and he goes, are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm too high. <laughs> and he walks out of the bathroom. He's like 6'7". With a, yeah. with pl- I'm too high. I'm, I'm, I'm Big Bird meets Barbara Streisand. If you were a fighter, uh, what would your walk-up music be? I'm, like a big AC, I'm a big ACDC that's guy. That's a great start. Yeah. Sang at my wedding. Who, uh, which? Brian Johnson. Well, that's good. The singer did. Yeah. Sang yeah Malcolm it. Young, it might not have gone so great. No. But he's a good backup guy. But uh, yeah, he, 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 joined our, he joined, he got up with the wedding band. You imagine being the wedding band, all of a sudden you're playing, you're playing with ACDC. And, uh, why do you, hold on. Why do you know 
Brian Johnson so well that he sings at your wedding. And we what wedding friends. song could he possibly sing? <laughs> I can't believe that it's real. The way that you make me feel. He, sa- he sang Mustang Sally. That was pretty cool. Mustang Sally, no, baby. That's my, like, I'm walking out of here song. Like, uh, Mustang Sally again. Uh, it was, he brought the house down. Place went well, crazy. This guy's fantastic. Oh, he really is. But the we be- we became friends. He was in the audience one night in, in, wedding songs. in Fort Myers, Florida, and he was on like his second date with now his wife of 30-some years, but they were on a second date, and I kept saying, how do people all know you? Because I didn't recognize him. He even had the Jeff cap, and I was like ripping on him, and he loved it that I was ripping. I said, what are you, the mailman? Everybody knows you. I had no idea. It was, you know, he wrote the, probably the best rock album in history was uh, back in black. It's I mean, up there. It's perfect. It's, it's up there. It's perfect. And he wrote it and he came from a group called Jordy. He replaced Bon Scott. Rest and in peace, brother. So, so we became friends and um, he even came to Johnny Damon's wedding. Johnny Damon, the center but fielder. No, how did, he came to your wedding. He came he to my wedding, to but, but as member. a wedding gift to Johnny Damon because he just made $12 million. I said, what do I get him? I'm not going to get the him. baseball player. Yeah, yes. I'm not going to get him like uh, candlesticks. I got him. I got him ACDC to sing at his wedding. So that was a so that was a got, good gift. So you got Brian Johnson to sing at two weddings. That's right. Yeah, that is that should be the first line on your resume. <laughs> it should be the byline of Craig Shoemaker. Right under that, got Brian Johnson of ACDC to sing at two weddings. He did the music for a movie that I wrote and produced called Totally Baked about pot. And uh, what really? And he de- I it was about sailing. He debuted in front of people. Nothing on that? Uh, in front of this audience where I brought my son, Justin, who you know right here. Justin was 10 at the time. I'll never forget this line that he says to me. He's writhing in pain on the floor because of the, how loud the music was. As Brian Johnson is debuting some songs. Where, where is this? This is in New Jersey at a casino. And uh, okay. so he's on stage and he goes, oh, this next song you saw from uh, Totally Baked. It's uh, Who Phoned the Law? Who Phoned the Law? And he's up there and the place is just rocking. It's loud. And Justin's really little. He's writhing in pain on the floor. <laughs> and he's, and, and you know, that music is so loud. I, I hear crickets after a concert for weeks. And just, this is the line that Justin says, tell Uncle Brian to turn it down. My lungs hurt. <laughs> That's amazing. A poor kid. Yeah, it's Uncle Brian. He can't. He's too high. Uh huh. I think his hat's too tight. (laughs) So what? uh, Back in black. So I would say Dirty Deeds. You're talking about. Well, back in black. No. Back in black and shook me all night long. Those are. I got it backwards. Those are the two. Those. Yeah, that's the one. Back in black. Sorry, my bad. Those are the two. Yeah, you got Hell's Bells. Yeah. We used to come out to that. As a wrestling team used to come out each bell. Yeah. But we mistimed the bells because there's too many wrestlers in the bells. <laughs> so, like, six guys came out at the end of the intro. Shoot the thrill. Shoot the thrill. What do you do for money? Giving the dog a bone. Let me put my love into you, baby. Give the dog a bone was actually after my comedy act. That's how he wrote that. Come on. Now it's getting stupid. <laughs> come on. Come on. He did write. You know, he, FDR, he, he the wrote- New Deal? At the idea of me I, I, being born. Co-wrote it. I co-wrote it, yes. When you the, co-wrote it. Let me put my I love call into him, you. I, I used to call him F. Back in uh, black. Just, you shook me all night long. Yeah, that's an Have a drink song. on me. Shake a leg. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. This is a perfect. There's not one track on here that exactly. I could skip over. Exactly. Where on the other one, uh, you know, I don't know if I could hear big balls every time. I had his, uh, I had my publicist, we all went out one night. So what and song she, And she loves him. Is your welcome music. She right? loves Take him. Song, and she, uh, back in black. So, 
She you know loves where, uh, Brian. It's she, we're Brian gonna come back. Was, this. Brian, we're gonna wear black in the ring every time. Yeah, absolutely. In the octagon, black that's, shorts. That's me. Yeah, black cock. Why not? Uh-huh. Why? Why stop now? Why stop? He's got. If they that, let me eat he, at work. So he's bad. a Zulu. He pulls that cock out. And, it had uh, its own feeding schedule. <laughs> okay, uh, please continue. So uh, fun, I was man. with my publicist, and she goes, "Can you can you sing a song?" And he's so drunk. We're all hanging out. He goes. Uh, she was a fast machine. She kept her motor. I can't remember the words. My own fucking song. I wrote the fucking thing. He couldn't remember the words unless the band's playing with him. He was trying to sing that. it for her. Yeah. I mean, it would be like if I asked you to do a bit uh, from your act, uh, like just talking to you across. You couldn't I would do remember it, right? it, yeah. You couldn't do it. I don't, I don't write anything. I don't construct anything out of really? nowhere. It's all shit that happened to me, and I just fill in the details. Right. So if you're like, dude, about you and your son in the kayak, it's like a three-minute story, but I could do it verbatim because it happened. Right. And that's what I'm, you know. People always wonder how we remember things. How do you remember that I do 90 minutes on it stage? Happened. Yeah, because you're just visualizing it happening, yeah. and then we have the instincts to Time take travel. over. Yeah, you just Literally. Take, take them back and just, you know, and then add all of the... Yeah, nuance and and the the jokes come naturally. Uh, I describe it like this: like I take what happens and then I just report what happens. But when I'm reporting it, I color way outside the lines. But you're not sure where and what color. But the next time that you do it, though, then it's you, a different you, color you it's haven't different. written it down to make it better and better and better. I just keep, to find more punchlines. I don't write it down as my. Uh, I'm not being fresh. I don't write it down as my occupation. I say it as my occupation. So I need to go back on stage and continue to say it. Mm-hmm. To make it better and better. Yeah. If something comes out ad libbed on stage, I'll make a note of it. Yeah. And then that just then goes, that goes in. in. Yeah. But I have never actually cataloged my stand up. And it's pro- I did two hours this summer. So I have like eight hours. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. None of it's written down. It's all in your head. Corey? It's all in your head. It's all yeah. in your head. Wow. And I got stuff written all over the house. See, if but. I'm doing like if if yeah. I like you just took some notes here, right? Yeah. I watched you taking notes. You asked me for some paper. I gave you some paper. You write the notes. I do that before I do like I have bit titles. Do you I do, do that too. like a bullet set points. list? Yeah, bullet points. I have index cards, especially if I'm doing a radio. I right. don't want to repeat myself if I'm on a radio show. Well, I don't think it's possible actually because from the last time you were on the radio show. Yeah, but it's I, been a I, year. But I look at the notes from before. Yeah. I say, okay, I talked about so you this, can go this, back this. to radio notes from last year. Yes, yeah, I take the notes and that make sure. is some. You know what? I have to do that. Well, because, because some of the greatest content that I've forgotten, probably, and you as well. Yeah, is off the cuff. Oh yeah, we're so deliriously tired. We flew in the night before. We yeah. got picked up at five thirty in the morning. Best it's material. a soccer mom station. The yeah. second one, so we're losing our shit in between. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. You but just, you know what it does, though? It makes you concentrate on keeping it clean. I, yeah, I and it makes you concentrate you on, on uh, drawing visuals for people that maybe on a stage you wouldn't. There's a different kind of pressure. Yeah. It's more intimate. And you can I actually you can feel the, the laughter. You know, it's just a different kind of connection. You must I actually her love her. doing radio. I love it, too. I mean, I don't like getting up early, but once I'm in, I'm good at yeah. it. And I just, they, you know, I make friends. Like these people become your friends for many years now. The bummer, the bummer is they're all they're all going out now, and so it's is terrestrial okay. radio. I mean, it's a bummer because there's that's how we, that's that will, how we used to draw. I mean, right? You become we, really good at radio, and, and that's how it's I used to draw. Not from your Twitter account. No, it's right. That's it's radio. That's what's driving me crazy about now today's 
world. I don't want to be an old curmudgeon here, oh, but it's, it is what it is. It's but, not, you're not old. You're, you're, it's what's happening. Yeah. And age, it, it doesn't matter. Here. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of upsetting to me because, you know, I really do, uh, I honor the craft and I, I really do believe in storytelling and it's just gone out the window. It's everything is just so disposable. I disagree. It's really interesting. I see yeah. it coming into vogue. I see a lot more comics telling stories and being more honest because yeah. I think the audiences get so deadened to hacky shit. There's always people that are going to go see the hacky guy and whatever. But they're they're seeking too, I think. What about the alternative guy? If you, I, that's in He quotes. can fucking blow me with his alternative mouth. Right, reading the grocery, grocery a, list. A, and if they don't like the a, joke, then they, then they you know have an attitude because they didn't like the joke. You know, Then it's them. No, you should write an actual... You should have a better story than reading your grocery list and being they so arrogant. They go on stage with notes should... a lot of the time. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm generalizing, yeah. but yeah. that's what it is. Right. I, I, don't, I don't have an affinity for them, and I love comedians because they're self-imposed specialists that mm-hmm. only have to do rooms that are good for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas you and I did white room, black room, fat room, Mexican right. room, lesbian room, biker Bars. room, bowling alley, yeah. Yeah. you know, a kid's party, adult party, swinger party, key party. That's, when that's we, how when I got we moved to again. L.A., me, Mulroney, and Jenny, we felt like gunslingers because we really did work the bars and we could handle anything yeah whereas here they were so used to the regular hollywood crowds and so you when know, people heckle and, you it's got to be oh it's like we would we would be on stage going we dare you i mean now like you as an you, i mean we're well like, they don't heckle anymore we're, we're I, I don't get every once in a while every once in a while but it's just a, it's just a flat out either. drunk right but we and, just, you, and you can't reason with alcohol. It's, it's, it's like picking a fight with Johnny Bones Jones. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate you. because it is a storytelling thing to have some respect because it's a headline set. It's yeah. 90 minutes long. I usually don't get heckled, but back then, we came out here. Uh, I, I remember I told Chris Rock that, and I didn't even know Chris Rock knew who I was, but he was so blown away. I saw him backstage, and Jenny was actually writing for him, Richard Jenny. And um, who used to call me at three in the morning? Did you ever get those calls from Richard Jenny? No. Shoo, shoo, Richard Jenny. And he would always have some. He would always have some thing that he wanted oh, you to solve a riddle. He'd go. I didn't know I needed shoo, to hear that. Shoo. So I met this chick. Wow. I met this chick. Shoo. And she's gonna move in. Do I get three three lines with one whole button? Do I get? He's, he's got it all dialed in. And he would just quiz me and quiz me all night long. And you know, we'd get these really late night calls. But we came out here. Me and then I told Chris Rock that. And he just goes, you Jenny Mulroney? You Jenny Mulroney? He just, he was so blown away that the three of us, because he pictured it back then, we came from New York and Philly and the Jersey. he was calling you John, Jenny Mulroney. Huh? I thought he was calling you Jenny Mulroney. No, Mulroney. no, you Jenny Mulroney. Oh, yeah, the yeah. three of you came out here at once because he, he wasn't. You felt like gunslingers. You guys are, you guys are. Well, we were headlining back east and I... we, you know, we really did develop. Preparation for anything, right? Yeah, and that's what when that's what back east now, does. It's a quick kibosh when we get heckled now. And remember, back east, but another thing is that it does this. I don't even know if it happens anymore. Back east, if the headliner sometimes didn't close the show, the MC was pretty much had to have yeah. headline material, and you could be an MC and end up closing the show. It was much more. Uh, there was. Uh, now it's like the MC is just up there for a couple of minutes and they shows like that. Yeah. Do you remember that? It, it, I that- did it myself when I had panic attacks real bad. I started getting them again, like I don't know, ten years after Saturday Night Live when I had them, and I, I was terrified to go on stage because 
you get anticipatory dread, the fear of where you might have a panic attack. So my week would be shot just thinking about how am I going to stand there for an hour and then do it again. So I would host my own headlining show. And yeah. I'd, have, I'd do any... T- and you could get off any time you wanted. Able to, yeah, being able to yeah. get off Having whenever that, I wanted to yeah. made everything completely smooth. So I would do... There was nights I did 45 minutes and then Bert Kreischer would come up and murder after me. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the club and go, you know, I, you just saw that he can headline. Yeah. Like hook up my friends, right? Or like right. Ralphie May would kill after I did 45 mm-hmm. or 40. And it was... It wasn't selfish on my part because that's what I had to do to get. I had to keep earning a living. Well, let's let's. Uh, it's not my podcast. It's yours, but I want to talk to you. I have not discussed this with anyone. Panic attacks. I suffered big time. Why have you not discussed it with anybody? Oh, I've discussed it, but never on a podcast, and never oh, okay. and never with another comic because I haven't heard from another comic that they share this with me. And it's not a secret. Like the people, oh, okay. the people that would open for me, I'd say. You know, I just had a major panic attack. And Nobody goes, can tell. They, they can't tell. That's the most confounding thing. Why doesn't all these people around me throw a fucking life vest? I'm drowning. How do they not know that I feel like I'm going to die? You know you're going to die. Oh, by the way. You know you're going to here, die. Here's a reference for you that I go through in my head, and this is horrible. And by the way, even talking about it now is bad for me. Like, I, thank it God I'm not be. working this weekend. It because be. it, it, it Well, it is. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, so, You're not doing anything wrong. It's a, it's a neurological glitch. You can't control it. Well, I can, I can these days. I know where it comes from. Because then I got checked out. I thought I was having a physical so no problem. Medi- You're not on medication? No. See, no. I'm on a I, little bit of the same medication since 96. Oh, okay. And it's, and it's, uh, and it's it for works, the panic attacks? Yeah, it works prophylactically. So it works best if it stays in your system a little bit. So then if I get symptoms of panic, I can think to myself, well... I'm on Klonopin, it's in my blood, so it's actually impossible this is happening. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I have a stuffy nose on an airplane, that's what's happening. My nose mm-hmm. is stuffy, I'm not getting enough breath. Mm-hmm. Where I stayed up all night last night, I'm a little disoriented, that's a symptom. Of now you can, you can basically take a step back and a pause yeah. and realize where I it's coming from. I couldn't do that from. without that medication. Yeah, well, I, I do, and I, because I just, I do everything naturally. I, I take this juice that's amazing. Actually, you asked me about my hair. I re- restored yeah, my hair. It, but I never had good hair. That's what's so funny about you saying it. Well, you should do but, commercials for but that this, um, I have But I have a thing that you would know if I'm having one. That'd be funny if we were on the same show. You and I have never worked together. If we're on the same show, both of us had that. panic attacks during the show. I'll go on first. <laughs> and then we can pass off to say, I'm over mine now. You can come back. But I have a... <laughs> I, 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 I didn't even get the time first. <laughs> I'm going first. I have a panic attack and I leave. Yeah, yeah. You're six minutes in. I'm like, I'm better. It's like tag team wrestling. Back in, back in. You're up. You're up. I can't reach. You know how you know I'm having one? I grab the microphone. I grab the stand. I grab the stand and it becomes my absolute crutch. It's the morning my, ball. It's unbelievable. And I've gotten through it's very interesting that so that help, many that shows. Oh, if there was no mic stand, I don't even know if I could get through it. So let me tell you the the... the the thing that comes up in my head during a panic attack. But let's you won't believe this one. You'll, 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 real quick. What's let's, that? Let's get to that next, though. Okay. The microphone stand thing is very interesting because it's you're present. It's right in front of you. You have to put your whole hand around. You don't grab it with like three fingers. You put your whole. Oh well. Oh, it's my. It's my staff are, will comfort are, me. You are there. You are here. Be here now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really cool that that works for you. That's that's, that's my center. Intuitiveness. Yeah, and that uh, if it wasn't for a mic stand, if I just had my two hands, 
I don't even know what I would do. Just pick a skinny I've had, guy I've had and hold his Once dick. in a while, I'll sit on the stool for a couple of seconds, but then I panic about that, that they're judging me. or they're, It's or, like being stoned at a party. It, oh, yeah. Bad, Nobody knows your the, high. The bad high. The, the bad they're high. Like, like, wow, how long have my hands been up this high? i got to put them down, but don't put them down. Everyone's going to notice you're putting your hands down. <laughs> exactly. I'll put them down real slow when oh, somebody God. else is talking. Those paranoid days. Like, what the fuck? Just put your hands down. <laughs> that was the worst. Nobody knows you're high. I used to be in college. When I was I'm in, high, it's the first thing uh, I say. I'm really high, just so you know. I was in college, and, I, and I, a girl would walk into the cafeteria that I'd slept with, and, and I, with all my buddies, I'd go, don't look now, don't look now. And I'd, like, freak out. i go, there she is, there she is. And they would all stand at once. You mean her? <laughs> I'm something, her? I would freak out. Yeah, being high was never good for me. I always wanted to be high like the smart guys. There was like guys like Bill McCarty. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. Like, he would get high. I love being high. And he would become smarter. I thought I was smart, and I would write the stuff down and read it the next day. It was absolute gibberish. It was, it was insanity. So I, I, can't, I can't go there. So the panic attacks. Well, I just oh, use the words modality and aggregate. So You also use prophylap- prophylactic. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm like, he puts a condom on his head. <laughs> When his, head's bothered, when, I'm when his head's bothering him, he, he goes to the, the drugstore and buys, he buys rubbers. <laughs> My only mistake was asking for eye drops. <laughs> I would have had it, babe. So here's a reference for you that you would remember. And then the, this po- is, the, this is what go- pa- the panic attack circle back to. Also. The, no, this is what I'm talking about. When oh. I'm having a panic attack, okay. the visual I've had so many times is Dick Sean. Do you know yeah. the reference? He died on stage. Died on stage. Do you know how many fucking times yeah. I have thought of Dick Sean? I'm going, I'm going to be the next Dick Sean where they're going to think it's part of my act. More his son, will, his son people, was there. More people will know you than Dick Sean. That's, that's like the weirdest thing. Well, no, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. He was like a... He was a legend from a the producers. Hip, from the very, producers. In a very small wheelhouse. Well, the spectrum was tiny. When he had that happen, and then I started having the panic attacks, that was my visual. Even it happened 20 years before. I'm going, I'm going to be the next Dick Sean. He was Hitler. And they're not going to know. Huh? Was it? Springtime for Hitler. Yeah. And in, uh, in the producers. He, uh, for the listeners, this guy had a one-man show on off-Broadway. Mm-hmm. And in the intermission, he would just lay down on a bench. Mm-hmm. The second act opened with Very him. Very avant-garde. Asleep on a park bench. Yeah. So he's like, I'm actually going to tap out. I got a 15, 20-minute intermission. He would take a little nap. Yeah. And the curtain opens, and he's laying there. And he's laying there with a newspaper. And his face. son, by the way, was the stage exactly. manager. So he's laying yeah. there. He's laying there. Yeah. And the audience starts laughing and laughing. And, and his <laughs> oh son my goes, God. "This is not part of the act. He's probably dead." And he runs, and that's how he finds out his father's dead, died on stage. And the audience is like, "This is hilarious!" <laughs> right? They thought it was part of the shtick. They thought Dick it was. Sean, you know how to play dead, goddamn it. Yeah. Tracy Morgan was. There. So I think of him. When I have the panic attacks. Now, I don't have them what as much. What color is this panic? I dealt with it. What color in, is this panic? What color is the panic? Before you answer that, where is the absolute first place you feel your panic? Heart. Okay. Races. But you feel something other than your heartbeat. You higher, higher in the chest. Yeah. Higher in the chest. What, what color is it? And is it a yellow. solid, a gas, a yellow? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. And is it a gas, liquid, solid? Uh, it would be more of a a liquid, but a, a very um, beating. It's a, it's a, it'd be like, it would be like, it would be like yellow rapids wow. going through my chest. And then it goes wow. up to my head. I can ask this every show. It goes to my head 
Only becomes cases, uh, flop sweat. Like here's another reference. Like Albert Brooks from Broadcast News. The flop sweat. I mean, and I'm going. They're all noticing. That's the thing is they're all going to watch me die, and they're all going. They're all noticing that this is happening, and no one ever has. Best friends have never noticed it. No, they don't notice. They don't it's know. Such a brain. Glitch. Isn't it crazy? Some and I can go hives. on with my act. Some they, people get asthma. Some people get hives. We we got this. Yeah. Well, you know, fortunately, fortunately, people. I dealt with it, and and but Good. it's interesting to hear that you also have had them, and it's paralyzing. This but we still do it because we have to do it. Cyclical in the podcast, and I get more emails about this. Really, saying, thanks for talking about this. Wow. And I'm gonna tell every guy out there because I say it every interview. I've done this on radio interviews and everything. I we want to fix stuff on ourselves. We're guys. We want to change the light bulb ourselves. We my ex wives would be like, "Why are you doing the dishes?" Because we fucking like getting shit done. Mm-hmm. That's what, I don't know what to mm-hmm. tell you. We want to fix ourselves. You don't know anything about psychopharmacology. You don't know anything about chemistry, brain chemistry. You're not a uh, you know uh, evolutionary psychologist. The only person that could really help you is someone else. And there is nothing more manly you will ever do than asking somebody for help. I swear to God, I've done it. Craig's done it. We no, it's like not. Haven't. That's not my answer. Thanks for helping the pitch, Greg. <laughs> so if you're suffering, don't tell anybody and just fight no, your way through it. No, we'll be back into this. It's just not my solution. I have a different solution. You you ask someone for help. No, you're one not going to want to hear this. No, I do because I, now, you're I not be, going to want to hear it because it's not. Well, coach, it's definitely not something you've embraced, obviously, for many okay. years, and you have a very strong opinion about it. Hold on, you don't yeah. have my opinions about anything. What's that? I just I heard it. <laughs> I didn't give you my opinion on it. Well, that wasn't your opinion your opi- or your experience. I, my opinion was, thanks for going along. No, your opinion was, you have to go to somebody. That's your opinion. I, I said, no. I said, there's nothing more manly. Can we, can, as- can we uh, repeat that? You, can we I've, replay that back? She doesn't have, play have to have a photographic memory. Okay. I, said, I have that with you, too. There's nothing more manly yeah. than asking someone for help, is what I said. Because we don't want to ask for help because we feel like it's emasculating and we look helpless. Correct. Admitting you're helpless is the most manly thing you could ever do. Correct. That's, that However, was my opinion. my opinion or the difference is my experiences, that's the other thing that's different for me in comedy these days is, well, for the last 20-some years, is if you share your experience, nobody can deny it. They can deny your opinion and they get angry with your politics. But if I say I met Donald Trump and this is my experience, I met Joe Biden, this is my experience, oh, they, can't the deni- yeah. they can't deny it. Yeah. But here's my experience in this. The only answer I deny that. has always been spiritual. Yeah. So I, I have to has, go to, to what spiritual. I call God there has to and be a not spiritual. a person is what I'm saying. That's, I don't go to a pharmacologist. That works for some people. And it that works has, for a great deal of people. It has worked for me. I mean, there's churches because it, it works for people. Well, not that. I'm, well, no, I, what I said is still an in, accurate statement. Yeah, I'm not in. We're not arguing yeah, here. I'm saying that's. I'm not into. We are organized all... religion is never going to save me, but a relationship with some sort of higher source yeah. within me. Yeah. That's where I have to go to. So it's within me. There's nobody on stage that I can call. But I can't call my. I can't call a pharmacist but on you're stage. My point is that yeah. when you turn it over to a higher power, you're Correct. asking for help. Exactly. And that's but it's manly. not a person. That's what, I was, that's what I said was the difference. Right. I'm not going to a guy. A democratic with debate a, here? With a script. What do I look like? Uh, <laughs> Hiawatha uh, Warren or whatever he calls her? <laughs> Pocahontas. Whatever. What a fucking maniac. That's the time we get into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other. So my panic is white 
blue, like a like a barely blue rose, like a white blue liquid. Okay. Oh, your liquid too. It's right. If you drew like a diagonal from the back of my neck to my Adam's apple, yeah, it's there. Mm. And then it just kind of increases each end, like into my head and into like my nuts, like straight through. Do you and shake? It, huh? You shake? I do it. Yeah, everything. Mostly, yeah. I'm just. It, it's. I had one this summer flying back from Cincinnati. I was about to ask you that. So it's not only on stage? No, I on stage I never get them. What? Because I'm on a medication that blocks it from happening. Oh my god. That's Klonopin is an anti seizure medication oh, and if wow. you don't have seizures, it redirects itself to stop the flow of adrenaline and endorphins at life saving levels. It just mm-hmm. closes the hatches on the submarine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just not an option. And so, if you don't have anything, it'll just make you go to sleep. That's interesting. So, yeah, mine have only been on stage. That's when they happen. It's, la- it's like loss. Yeah. I mean, I, I get weird. It's, the, it's performance like anxiety show. adds to it, by the way. The performance yeah, before, anxiety like, adds to the judgment Friday. of the people. Oh, How I, don't, are you? I don't ever think about that. Okay. Well, that's good for you. So you're healthy in that they're area. For, that's, that's what, that's, I don't have to as proof because they're there. I don't have to worry about their judgment. They're there because they like me. Well... Some might ex- not be. That's my experience. Some might not be, right? Some, well, that's how I look at it. Some, some, they I look, a ticket with I look at it. some faces and they, they might have well, been brought by someone. They might have just been there because they want a night out of comedy. I have no idea who I am. They you're, would probably, you're right again. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're grabbing like these Vote odd for branches. Me. On the, like, I don't need to win any of this. Sure. Well, we just have different experiences. It was yes. interesting to me to hear you say that you don't have them on stage. And I, I mean, told you why, and you told yeah. me that was incorrect. I didn't say it was incorrect. Play it back. Um, they might not be there to see you. Like, don't put that in my head, you creep. <laughs> Jesus, I've been sailing here. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Some people just got brought and by definition and by averages. Someone doesn't want to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, they could not want to be there. They don't have. Uh, well, I'm going to win them over. They probably know you. Why am I shouting? But they don't. But some don't know me, and um, so that's what I think. And it's it's you know that is there's where admitting the vulnerability on the judgment from the mother and the father that raised me. Yeah, that stuck with me. It's all from the living room, man. Yeah, it, everybody out there. That's listening. that stuck with me. I don't want to talk about my childhood. Well, then you're not going to move forward. When you do my podcast, I'm going to ask you about your childhood. Okay. I was a gypsy. Were you? No, I was a hillbilly. Yeah. That was my high school. uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out which of these is is sincere and true. We'll find out on my podcast. podcast. Yeah. So hit subscribe when you go there, I just had a major epiphany happen with my mom, which is going to help me with the judgment. After all these years, a major, like, like one of those epiphanies that is an all timer, you know what I mean? You, you'll hear people have like, well, this, my life changed and it really didn't. I had one three and, years ago too that and, changed. And this is, this, this is one that's like profound that lasts and will last forever. Let's hear it. I'll uh, mine too. Well, my mom didn't speak to me for years. You know, a lot of judgment, a lot of shame. Craig, she's deaf. This is rude to even talk about. (laughs) The problem with being with a comic. Problem? (laughs) That's the problem. Most guys enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't she speak? Wow, like that's... So... uh, I'm sorry, first of all. Well, so I have a a long, you know, what people think are tragic stories. To me, they're not because I got through all of them, all of these things. But one of the biggest tragedies for me was... 
you know, my dad left when I was born, and, you know, he became a cult leader. That's a whole other story. By the way, Richard Jenny. Yeah, don't share that story on my podcast. I t- Richard Jenny, I took him to... Uh, we're done here. What the my- fuck are you talking about? Your dad was a cult leader? Yeah. And we're getting to it, like, right as we have to end this podcast? Oh, really? fucking maniac? Jay, good to be here. You know, my dad was a cult leader. That's in the, po- how you start in the, the Pocono Mountains, of which you know the Poconos. That's how you start a and podcast. He, and he you ran, he ran, and 75 mules. It's called Pocono Adventures on Mules, and he has a harem of women that he... That, one of the greatest. Is he still kicking. One of the he is. Yeah, and I his, think. No, fuck I, that. Is the I, cult going? No, the cults faded. He he was up to fourteen women. I can talk him back anyway. He was he had fourteen women at I his at, at his maximum, and it was as a matter of fact, I know it's called his harem because I was playing the Poconos, and the guys giving me a tour with that Shimokin coal accent. And he goes over here, Craig. You got your racquetball over here. You got your coits. Do you know what coits are? We got coits here. If you want to play with the coits, and he goes, oh my gosh. There's AJ Shoemaker and his harem. What's that nut doing here? And it was, I go, that's What's my points? that's my dad. That's amazing. And he walks up. He goes, he stole my complimentary cheese tray. He goes, oh, the girls at the ranch will love this. It'll Did you know your best. dad was going to be there? No, he he just he. Did well, he know that was, was you? It was Caesar's in the Poconos. Did he know it was you? Well, yeah, he was there to see me. He left when you were born. I said, oh no, I've known him for years through all of his. Um, Entrepreneurial, uh, which are, so we circled back. That's, a, that's a French. He would come back if he needed. My mother would say, "He'll come back in a time of need when he needed a cosigner on a loan." That's right. And, uh, but he would always come back when he needed something. So you know, how like long money after you left usually. You at birth was your first cognitive memory of him returning because he was a stranger when you met him. He came back and I had my first uh, booze at about five years old on his lap. It was called so a highball. So he's cool. <laughs> So I want to meet he got, him. He got me loaded before I was in kindergarten. Five. Yeah. And then he would come back with different um, – this is a whole other podcast. He would How come many, back with all these different ideas. Then when I was seven, he says, hey, Barbara. I do a great imitation of him. Hey, Barbara, if you want your child support, which he never gave, you got to invite your big-breasted friends over. No flat-chested because I'm selling bras. He had bras meets Amway, like a pyramid bra operation. So Every I, listener right now. I look into the look, living where's room. Where's the time on the podcast right now? Uh, 43, 43. Oh, geez. At 43 minutes, that's where the impression of his dad was. You sound like someone famous, and I can't place it. Yeah. Tweet us, Instagram, DM, whatever. Yeah. Do it again. What famous person? I don't know. It's somebody way off the beat. Well, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll talk like him and some of the things that it stayed with me for the rest of my life. Hey, I need you like Custer needed more Indians. That was his favorite line. And he also said. It's almost like Nicholson. You, you're useless as tits on a bull. He would repeat that too. So he was real motivator. So when me and Jenny and Glenn Farrington were touring the Poconos, what happened to Mulrooney? We were this was the Farrington days. We were walking in late at night, and his harem is all on the floor. But he picks the right. one that sleeps with him. Right, that's where every night he be. picks the one. They roll up the sleeping bag, and he calls himself, "I'm the king of the Poconos." You get over that comedy shit, you can be part of my empire. So I'm going to be prince of the Poconos. So what we, was the empire? We're going. It was. Mules, seventy-five mules, all over. Like you take people on mule rides in the in the mountains, and okay. he, he goes, "This is no pony ride. We'll take you up and down ravines." So we go in there, we go <laughs> in there, right? and we go, and it's this is Jenny's favorite line for me, Richard Jenny. I go, shh. See, look at all the. There's goats in there. There's like women all strewn everywhere. And there's one who goes into the king's quarters with them and they take care of them. And then I go, hey, guys, shh, you're going to wake up my father. And Jenny turns to me and goes, shoo. 
fuck your old man and a mule he rode in on. <laughs> wow. I'll never forget That's that. That's amazing. No, we went out on mule rides the next day. But one of my big memories when we were growing up, <gasps> seven years old, he comes back, comes back with the bra business. And I look into the living room, hadn't seen him in years, and there's my father smoking a pipe. With all this my sounds aunts. like it's in a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Bring all your big breasted friends yeah. over. I'm selling because yeah. he didn't want to have sex with them. He just wanted to sell them bras. Yeah, so that's right. And then you you get six people to sell bras. It's a that's how it works. It's multi level bra marketing. So so I look in there. And he's got a pipe, and he's got my aunt Barbara, my aunt friend, and quote aunts in quotes. They were spread all, eagle. No, they're all oh, they're sorry. all around him in bras. I'm go- and he goes, come on, Dottie, show how it lifts and separates. This is a three-class model for the full-figured woman. He goes, come on, don't be shy. It's just you women and me. Turn around. And it, it was, <laughs> so, and then I, I just looked at him going, oh, my God, that's my dad. And it was such an image for me to, to have this enter into my space of not knowing what a man was. And that this guy was representing men to me. And How then, old were you at this time? Seven. But then I, I, I mean, there's just one story after another. a giant time in but, your life where you also acknowledged, and that's not how I want to be. That's and ex- you've gone the other way entirely. That's how you're, I raised my kids. You're a beautiful like, family man. Yes. Like, you're all about it. That's how I raised my kids. When I was married, and people would be like, hey, we're going to go see this, uh, like, whether it be a strip club or whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm fucking married. Yeah, going but, out and chasing these dummies. Well, no, strip clubs are great. No, okay. they are. Actually. They are. And but just, by the way, I have the greatest wife, to learn how to keep greatest wife on the planet. I yeah, could call. Like, I could call her from a strip club. Yeah, and she just that's say, who you married that chick. It, it, oh my god, she's. Well, what was the profound? Epiphany? She has zero. Oh, so with my mom. So my mom didn't I'm speak to me. She didn't speak to me for years. She buddied up to my ex-wife, who literally has destroyed my life like i don't know what that's about craig see we have a lot in common we should have met uh, we should do the wonder twins of hurt we should do three podcasts we will and Uh i've actually heard this before from because i don't know you i mean african-american looks black i don't don't, so i'm so all there's all these discoveries i thought you were talking about your mom though no no my mom so what happened was so she is in contact with my ex-wife who is saying you know I mean, stuff that you literally can't write this, you know, like what I did to my kids, allegedly. I mean, we went through, it cost me a million dollars just to have the 50% custody, just made up everything you could possibly imagine to this day. So my mom, because she's more like my mom, she buddies up to her and ignores my great wife of 14 years. So, So I had... It's 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 that's a whole other okay. that's, that's a whole other story that I I can't there okay. you go there you, well the but I'll tell you what happened and this was the epiphany and I've never had something like this this strongly happen to my entire psyche so I you know I carried this around with me like why would she do that why would she only pay attention to two of the kids and not at these two little beautiful other children that I have oh. why would she do such a thing why would she punish me like that. So then I got into acceptance and forgiveness. That happened. That already was going on. Then she calls my wife and says, I'm coming out. And, of course, she's going to visit my ex, and, which, is, which I didn't let it bother me this time. Ugh. And I'll tell you what happened. I, had, I found through fate or whatever it was, cleaning the garage, old DVD, CDs of her on my radio show. 
It was called What's Bugging Barb? I'll tell you what's bugging me today. Now, feminists, don't you call me, but I don't like female train conductors. You could call me a sexist. <laughs> so, and she would, have, she would have this list, female train conductors. That's hilarious. She says, I'm sorry if I'm a sexist, but I, I don't like him either. I'll get off the train. Female airline pilot? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so so she, wouldn't, she wouldn't stand for that either. Mm-mm. But she has a thing called What's Bugging Barb? And I listened to them, and I let my kids hear it to see if they thought it was funny. I was howling laughing, and I went, boom. This is why I'm funny. I have to give it credit. And I just saw her in a whole other light. She came to visit. We went to the farmer's market. We laughed our asses off. She has all these quirks, and I just accepted all of them and understood that the reasoning she has, I can't get in whatever the reasons are. I just have to accept her. And it was that moment that we have this incredible relationship today. That's this happened a few months ago. And I mean, I am completely free. Not a little bit. It's yeah, yeah. 100%. And now we're back and forth. I'll show you the text messages almost every day because I said, you know what I inherited from you? What's bugging Craig? So I'll give her a what's bugging Craig. And now we're going to write a book together of what's bugging us. Yeah. It's going to be 41 projects on the board now. <laughs> Jeez. No. You're thing actually on, right. Something else in case. I didn't even place. add this one. And she said that as I was thinking it, I'm going, wow, this should be a book. The mother and father, a mother and a mother and son. And, it's, it's, it's a real healing. You know, I have an organization, a nonprofit called Laughter Heals, and I founded it because one of my best friends, who I always consider my friends like family, because my family's not very good, you know, with the no talking to, there's a lot of craziness. But I have friends, and my friend got brain cancer. He wrote Cool Runnings, Little Giants, and he directed my first movie. And he got brain cancer. That's the day I said, you know what? I'm going to be of service and bring laughter healing to people who need it, and that's everyone. And it is such a shift that goes on. And sure enough, my mom and I, and she has this husband. She makes fun of him. We're howling, laughing together. So it's the greatest was, way to bond. What changed was you. Of course. So She didn't change one bit. She still but I accepted it. Huh? Yeah. But I'm okay with her talking to my ex. If that's what she needs to do. That's your side But I'm now streets. not looking at it as she's punishing me. It's just what yeah, she, she does. Never it's just what she does. It's like a, She never was. Yeah, you know that. Well, she I didn't never know like, that. wait till I do this to Craig. I didn't know that. Well, you do now, and now you can look back and go, yeah. she was never about, to, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and she actually said to me on the way to the airport, I mean, I, I don't want to get choked up. It was beautiful. Go ahead. I do it all the time. She says to me, and I mean, I went through hell and with this horrible, and still do, you know, being accused of doing these things to yeah. my children, I couldn't even think of, let alone do. And I'm thinking, and she said to me on the way to the airport, just out of nowhere, I didn't ask for it. That's the other thing. You can't ask for it. The timing on something is never your timing. It's on some other time, some divine time. And she just turns to me and she goes, I never believed the word she said. And it meant, it meant the world to me. And that, and that moment was so freeing. I got it. You know, I just got it. And like I said, it was, it was a Buddhist man. You can't ask for it. Yeah. Like you can't grasp water. You can't straighten water with no, a flat iron. No, no. You can't see your reflection in boiling water. And you knew that by putting down what you were, the poison you were holding. Yeah. That, that was blocking the road. And that's forgiveness. I'm proud of you, buddy. The F word. I brought up the F word. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. I love you, man. Thank you, man. Thanks. I mean it. Yeah. Thank you. Straight up. Yeah. I'm here for you. Like. Yeah. Well, I can is, tell, I can tell, you know, like I said, I've never known you before. 
But I can tell, uh, I was talking to Corey earlier about this. I'm a psychic, literally a psychic. And it's, it's manifested itself in very, very cool ways. And Corey says, yeah, you're like comics. You're intuitive. And so my intuition on you is that we share a lot of pain. Yeah, it's the frequency. And, and now to hear the specifics on the pain of the panic attacks of the ex-wife. Me, you, Chris Titus, and Jim Florentine. Oh, I've person. always been told Titus. We're and one I, person. I don't know about Florentine, yes, but I've heard years. Thing, oh, God, every, every time I go to Tommy T's, they'll say, you should talk to Chris Titus. And because He's Titus. He, uh, yeah, he He's is. Good dude, man. Yeah. And I know I have gotten to know him a little bit in the recent years. And um, again, I intuitively picked up from you that there are these commonalities, uh, you know, that we share, but we're all off, you know, doing our yeah. thing and we're headliners. So we don't get to run into one another. Yeah. So I'm really glad that I got to finally do your podcast. Yeah. We're going to, you're going to do it a lot. How much? Hey, how- you're, you're going to do it a lot because we're going to get into that stuff. And I want to tell you what my epiphany was because it, it's hand in glove with yours. Oh, wow. My mom visited me four years ago. And my dad hadn't told any of us she had Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, she came to my door. I sent the car for her to grab her at the airport because I was coming back. From Parents home. married? Yeah. They stayed married? Yes. Wow, okay. And uh, my mom died a year, a year and two and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And she came to my front door. I opened the door and she goes, JJ, is my car in the driveway? I have no idea anything's wrong with my mother. And I go, no. She goes, does this building have a second floor? I said, yeah. She goes, is my car in the driveway? No. Where's my car? It's at home. Well, then how did I get here? I sent you a car. Is my car in the driveway? This is at my front door mm-hmm. for minutes. Mm-hmm. So I panicked. And I was so mad at my father. But he was like picking the right time to share that information. And air travel really rattles the cage of somebody in that condition. You're in a different time zone. You're, mm-hmm. Everything's new. You're in the air. You're in the sky right. like a Greek god. And I was so mad. I was so mad. And I, my whole life, I go like, my dad didn't give me enough affection. I wish this. I wish that. Mm-hmm. And I, it came to me, your, your parents have loved you with 100, all capitals, percent of everything they got. Everything they got. There is right. no rainy day coming where you're going to get that extra 11% you've been like a fucking baby about, in mm-hmm. my case. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I wish it, it didn't happen. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. But however your parents been shitty to you or absent or whatever, that's their 100. And if God himself said to my father, why, you, why didn't, weren't you a more attentive parent to JJ? My father, who's a Christian, would ask, say to God, who the fuck are you mm-hmm. to ask me about the love of my fucking son? Right. My only son. Who right. the fuck? There'd right. be a fight. Right. God versus many God. <laughs> you know? And that's when I, 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 I just let go. And I was so embarrassed about the way I described my parents. Yeah, and yeah. I reached out to them crying and apologized. Yeah. They didn't need to know that, but I had to unload that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad was real like, nah, he wasn't huggy. Fe-. You know what? He created what he had out of nothing because his dad was very cold. And we're kind of programmed also how they should be, and we... Everyone is. This exactly. Like, they're supposed to say... hangover. Especially, you know, when you move away. Yeah. They're supposed to be 
send you this, do this, about tell you this. Oh, you know, my knees are bad. Well, yeah. Don't call me from the golf course. Exactly. Yeah. But that's so, that and so, so, so logically, me. we're going down the logical list of, wow, you couldn't do this. I can't borrow your car when I'm, you know, visiting you, really, but you do with my sister. You know, all or, that or stuff. You give me things with conditions. All like, the, oh, the, well, you know, last time you borrowed it, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so, yeah, there's the, you I left the window I, open but, in the but it's really nice that you and I let go of the list. Yeah. The list is gone. And it's torn up. It's burnt. Can't keep a scorecard. And, and you, body wins. And that's it. Yeah. The body so, loses. And that's by the way, I did have a really funny thing. You talk about what your mom was saying. My mom is um, vain. That's not said in a bad way, but very vain. And she won't wear a hearing aid, but she's losing her hearing. This is an actual conversation that took place. I'm driving along. She's visiting. She goes, Craig, what are you going to do about that flood at your house? I go, that's all right, mom. I got my own wet vac. Wet vac, she thought I said a derogatory term for a Mexican. That's what she heard. Wet vac. So the yeah, so the conversation goes, My my Craig, that's not a very nice thing to say. I said, That's all right, mom. A lot of people have them. It's California. And it goes ten minutes of I thought you were kind of like a liberal, and I'm really surprised you would say this. What's liberal about that? I got mine in the garage. They're handy. <laughs> They are handy. Mexicans are very handy. He finally says, and they like. Ten minutes later, she goes, "She's fascinated. She thinks I have a Mexican (laughs) dude in my garage that is handy that takes care of the water flood of the flood." And finally, she goes, "Where do you get one?" (laughs) I said, "In front of Home Depot. They're right there. Got to go in and pay." Craig Shoemaker, if he's in tour on tour in your town, go see him because I say this about I don't know. 20% 20% of comedians that have been guests, it's a sure thing. You go see Craig Shoemaker, like, just, there's no down, there's no bad night. That, he's the guy. I don't know why I'm starting to sound like Nick Nolte and the <laughs> red line, Stop Rose, you have to take the hill. <laughs> I don't care, Stop Rose. It's, it's a rag top, Reggie. <laughs> That's teacher, teacher, Nick Nolte. And uh, 48 hours. 48, 48, exactly. My exactly. man. Yeah. All right, Craig Shoemaker, this is more stories. Uh, if you need some help, get unstuck. CoachJJ37 at gmail.com. Hey, guys, be well. Love wins. Put your name on it.